With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. Uh, it's a tough day. The uh, Pac-12 decided that they are postponing all sports until dis- or no January 1st. Uh, there left some wiggle room for maybe some practices before then. But uh, yeah, in terms of sports competitions, that's it, which is too bad. Big Ten made the same decision. Um, I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'll be talking about that today with... Ben Girding, the DMVR Buffs intern who we've heard a lot from. Um, ben, let's just start here. What emotion are you feeling right now? It's a combination of things. Uh, you know, disappointment for sure. And I think the biggest one is confusion because the last 48 hours have just been kind of a whirlwind of news, especially like looking at the Big Ten in particular, where they they say they voted to cancel early yesterday, and then later they were like, never mind, and then today it's the same ruling. There's just a whole lot of stuff going on, and it's really confusing, especially because, you know, talking about Pac-12, now we have all the facts, but we don't still have everything about college football with still three power five conferences on the table. So it's just so much going on. My head hurts. (laughs) I'm tired, (laughs) but here we are. I know it just it just sucks. I for me like it's disappointment more than anything. Like knowing how much time has been put into this football season. We're just like preparing and thinking about Brendan Lewis and talking about a shot Clayton all the way through last year. Finally getting to see all these guys, getting to see the next step for guys like Mustafa Johnson, Nate Landman. I was really excited and content wise at DMVR, there were a whole bunch of really cool things that I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, we'll get there. It's just that we have to be patient in the same way that everybody else is having to be patient right now. And it just sucks more than anything. I will admit, though, that there is a part of me that feels just some closure at this point where, you know, you know it's, it's been months of knowing there isn't going to be college football and knowing that this day was coming where, you know, you could try to hold out some sort of hope. But I, the writing's been on the wall in my mind since the beginning of this summer. And there have been moments where I've thought like, oh, maybe it is closer to 50-50, but this is, I don't know. It's what well, I think we're in some raw conversation than today because I'm the opposite. I, really? I, I'm a hopeless in everything. I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I'm a hopeless optimistic 
I was uh, like the entire time, I'm like, there, there's going to be, we're going to see the Buffs run out on that field this year. And uh, so, I you just, know, you, <laughs> it's tough, but here we are. Yeah, we'll dig into that, why we thought those things, what's changed, what is even going on, why they came to the decision today. And uh, first, though, we get to talk about our balls. Uh, Manscaped is an incredible company that does incredible work for men. They, they do the stuff that you were only like half paying attention when I said that. No, and, and they turned around. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you caught that. Because I was like, oh, am I getting no reaction from saying we're talking about our balls? But yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I was trying to refresh Twitter and I just hear that in the corner of my eyes. It's a great conversation <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because really that's all I've got going for me now is that Manscaped has my balls in great shape. When the rest of the world is just like falling apart around me, hey, I've got, I've got my balls, and that's thank, thanks to Manscaped. They smell good because of the crop preserver, because of the crop cleanser. You know, that combination is just lethal in, in a good way. Um, you throw in the lawnmower 3.0, and there you go. That's the perfect package 3.0. It's why it's called that. Huh, so, so buy one because it'll make you really happy. It lets you make a bunch of ball jokes. You can go around wearing a shirt that says Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. That's the kind of light that we need right now. Just good old-fashioned talking about our balls. <sighs> if, if, you, if you guys want to buy in, you can go to manscaped.com, use the code DMVR20 to save 20%, and get yourself free shipping. It's good stuff. Definitely Oops. check it out. Don't discount the Manscaped. You do not want to be using a regular razor for irregular places, okay? It's dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous. It's unsafe. And frankly, the, the outcome is just not going to be what you want. Make sure nope. you use that code. Get yourself the, uh, the perfect package 3.0. Do it. Okay. Where to even start this? Well, we already started with how sad we are, um, <laughs> which is like a, an 11 probably out of 10. But, I mean, from here, I mean, I don't know. What, what are you thinking right now, Ben? I know you have a bunch of thoughts that we need to dig into. There, there's just so many implications that, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. You can pick any sort of branch to, trade to start on. I, I think it's interesting if we would just want to maybe start talking about the scheduling of it. July yeah. or January 1st, and that includes all sports. So that's not just football that we're talking about. It's mm -hmm. not going to be basketball or any other winter sports. Um, I think Larry Scott mentioned uh, on the media call that it wasn't going to be it, – it's competition. So yeah. the ramp up, they were kind of dancing around those questions, is going to really look different for each school. But, yeah, mm -hmm. January 1st. So it is going to be another long five or six months for college sports fans. And, again, that's – that's January 1st at the earliest. Like right. that's if things actually get better. And I am not a coronavirus expert. I'm an expert on literally nothing that doesn't have to do with sports. I know sports. I can Google other things. And, you know, you look around, you can see the numbers and see that, you know, things are still getting worse coronavirus-wise in terms of like the cases, things are getting better. There are the people who study this kind of stuff who think that in the winter, in the cooler months, somehow that, is going to make the virus spread even more in the same way that the flu does. Other people are like, Oh, it'll kill it. Those people seem to be less common, but we just don't know what things are going to look like. And I mean, who, who would have guessed in March that this is where we'd be right now? You know, I, I remember the conversations that I've had with Brandon Spano at work, the CEO of DNVR, where he's saying, you know, we just have to get through this month or two. And, you know, I've always been on the side of like, 
it's a pandemic. Like, like this is not something that is going away and it's really not something you can cut corners on. And, you know, we've kind of seen what happens when we cut corners, you know, to me personally, I look back and just say, you know, we, we shut everything down March 12th sports wise a week or two later, everything else shuts down. What if just nationally, we just said, okay, four weeks, everybody lock ourselves inside. Where would we be now? Would that have solved it? Would we have gotten rid of it? Or, you know, would, does like all the staggering of all the different things and the way people have reacted, some people taking it more seriously than others. Is that just what was going to happen anyway, that we couldn't stop this from happening? But the truth is now we're at a point where there are this many cases that you can't just track them all back. You can't say you have this and you got into contact with everybody else because it would take thousands and thousands of people working that job just to track all those things back. And there is like this feeling of hopelessness where you look around and it's like, yeah, no more quarantining. We already lost this battle, but college football, you can't just say like, we can go back to normal because you can't. I mean, one in every 2000 Americans has died of this disease already. And it's still going up. Like, plus they're finding all this negative all the negative things long-term that could be coming that you just don't know about because it is a new disease because it isn't something where you can say Google coronavirus. What happens when you get it? You just don't know until you see it. That's how science works and it sucks. But because they're finding the stuff about the heart uh, problems that are being caused, even to people who are asymptomatic when they had it, even people who are our age, they've had it. There are 10 people um, in, uh, college football who have this heart problem that is essentially scarring of the heart and it is serious as serious as that sounds is what it is and you know for me it's i just back up and see yeah we're in the middle of a pandemic and sometimes i think we forget about that of course you can't get college football to work and it just sucks it just sucks and that's kind of where i'm at right now it it does suck I mean, that could just be the title of the podcast at this point. It just point. sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. It just sucks. And, and I mean, you hit it You hit it right on the nose when you're saying the problem with the pandemic and with the coronavirus is that nobody knows anything because you can't know about something that's a novel virus. You just can't. You know, you, you point to the, the doctor saying, you know, the, the winter time is going to cause you know, the virus to maybe die out, maybe spike. People were saying that about the summer too. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like everyone is, I think, you know, people have hypotheses because that's how science works. I don't know. Yeah. There's a reason I'm talking on a sports podcast and not in chemistry class. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, you know, nobody knows anything about it. And, and it's just such a tough situation. But I, I, I just, I still, I had that optimism that there was going to be a way to move forward with it because, you know, and this might be an unpopular opinion, and I don't want to sound like Clay Travis, and I don't want you to become Darren Ravel or whatever, talking about uh, coronavirus on here. But yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like I, I, it would have been great to be able to move forward if, if for anything else, for local economies and, and for stimulating athletic departments, which I know we're going to dive into too, mm-hmm. because of, you know, what the implications of this mean for you know, athletic departments as a whole. And I think it's interesting that I, I didn't hear any questions or anything talked about that really during the media webinar. They said, you know, economic conditions weren't a part of this decision. It was about, you know, student athlete health and whatnot. And that's 
great. You know, I, I, it sounds like they're trying to prioritize student health, which is something that, you know, it's been questionable at times. That's why the players were asking for it, you know, in that letter. So I'm glad to see that they're saying that, but I still do think, you know, that that needs to be a part of the conversation. But again, yeah. we are in a pandemic. And so there's so much ambiguity and so much uncertainty that we could just talk about that for hours and hours and just, I, mm-hmm. it does. It just sucks. That's the conclusion I'm also drawing as well. <laughs> it does. It's just, I, we're stuck here for whatever the reason we are stuck here. And as we just keep saying over and over, it sucks. But, you know, I just go back to, you know, how about, how about the players saying that they want to play? Because I've seen that be pushed. Um, and I still have to clean up the story I wrote. It's been one of those days. <laughs> Wake up at 7 a.m. and just say, wow, at some point today, all of my dreams are just going to be crushed. What do you do? You sit down and write 1,400 words about why we are where we are and what it means. And those 1,400 words are going to be out sometime tonight. But one of the things I want to dig into is this idea that because the players wanted to play, we should be letting them play because it's their choice. But no, like we're, that's like this entire pandemic, it's been about that fight where it's like, no, you, you can't go to concerts. No, you can't go out to crowded bars. No, you can't go do these fun things because even if you're all right taking that risk for yourself, you're taking that risk for everybody you come into contact to. And, and with football, you know, I was watching ESPN this morning. I forget who it was, but it was somebody saying, well, you know, we're wearing gloves. We're wearing pads. We're wearing all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you're breathing on each other when you're tackling each other. Like you are, you are putting yourself in situations where you have a high risk to contract this disease or pass this disease on if you already have it. And then you're going into classrooms and you're sitting in classrooms and you're walking across campus with everybody else. You're going to the grocery store and getting your groceries. You're going wherever you're going because you're college kids over and over and over. And every day... I mean, people who are in college come into contact with a lot of people. You know, for me, in my day-to-day life right now, half the days I'm just sitting in my room doing all my work from this desk with my bed about three feet away from me. And half the days I go into the DMVR bar and I'm socially distanced and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's really it. College, you know, you do, like, you're walking past people on the sidewalk you're going into the cafeteria you're going into the classroom you're going everywhere and as much as you'd like to say yes you deserve a chance to go prove yourself and show that you're talented enough to play football at the next level because this is what you building you've been building your entire life around everybody's making sacrifices right now and it sucks but that's just where we are we can't do a lot of the things that we want to do um you have any thoughts you want to jump in yeah, sure. You know, because okay. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's basically just like go on a rant. Uh, no, sure, absolutely. We can cut it up, send it over to Ben. <laughs> I just, I, I think too, you know, going back to that players thing, I think it's so fascinating just from an outside perspective, looking at the past week for college student athletes in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. The first thing that honestly comes to mind is they're really finding their voice and that's great. And, and I think that's, that's really great because they go from the we are united and, and trying to stay together with the Pac-12 and the Big 10 players trying to make a statement. And then also this, this huge we want to play hashtag movement as well. It's great to see them feel confident in their voice, feel like they 
you know, have an ability to stand up and try and drive change, which is, you know, socially speaking, what's been a big thing in this country over the course of this year. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that, first of all. My second point then is, <laughs> is kind of going back to that thing. Yeah, college kids. I mean, I'm a college-age kid, and I'd be lying to you if I said I hadn't made, you know, mistakes as far as social distancing during quarantine goes, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, you know, I, I live by myself right now. I don't have roommates. I, I don't live anywhere near any of my family members or anything like that. So that's been my rationale, quite frankly, is, is that I'm not coming into any contact with people that are, that are at risk. Yeah. But, but the thing with, that I think is an interesting argument that should be addressed is the kind of topic of football players, if there were a season, they would feel more obligated to each other that they would avoid those social settings because they wanted to protect their season, protect themselves. And so I, I do think that that could have been a possibility where you see a season happen and they're skipping parties and they're not going up to the hill in Boulder because they don't want to risk contracting it. And in turn now, without a season, I mean, you know, a lot of – there aren't a lot of pro-ready guys on Colorado's roster. But, again, you look at some of these young guys, especially if there isn't a spring season – I'd be hard pressed to say they wouldn't say screw it and start partying again because they don't have anything else to do. And especially with CU having the majority of its classes as a hybrid format with most of them being remote learning and online, kids are going to go stir crazy and you're going to see that kind of, you know, activities happening up on the Hill. And so it's just, it, it's a harsh reality because what people I think can't comprehend is that we are in a pandemic. So every decision has positives and negatives mm -hmm. and you know, it, it's all just trying to have a balancing act. So mm -hmm. each thing is going to be beneficial. Well, you know, players aren't going to be giving it to each other on the football field, but now they've got free time. So they might be going to more parties and that might drive up the numbers in the community. Whereas again, it's the complete same situation and vice versa. So honestly, I don't know that I can make that determination of which one is safer because exactly. it, it, just nobody knows anything. And so again, you just keep coming back to this conclusion of, well, this makes the most sense right now. So we're going to go with it. And I think, uh, I, I can't remember the podcast. It was a couple weeks ago talking about the PAC 12 has been pretty good about just kicking decisions to as late as they possibly can, mm -hmm. which is why I find it fascinating that now they've made that January one distinction. It's just kind of not, been in their nature to be yeah. the front runner on those decisions. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts and you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with we, it's just so hard to balance out what the risks are with any of this kind of stuff. And again, I, I referenced that story I wrote and you basically like, I said the first half of what I wrote and you kind of just said the second half where it's like, what actually does happen when you let these kids play football, you know, you, they're on the field playing against other kids who are playing football. What are the odds that they get it, that they pass it on the classroom, that they pass it on wherever else? What are the odds that in traveling they get it and they pass it on because they're on the road, five road trips. And, and there's all of this kind of stuff. I don't know how that changes the like expected number of cases you would find in Boulder because I don't study that kind of stuff. And, and I also don't study, you know, what how much safer are student athletes on campus versus back where they've come from which has been a pretty widespread topic people coming out and saying you know i mean we're seeing with with programs that are already shut down on the east coast kids saying yeah i'm gonna stay on campus because this is safer for me and i don't know how to weigh one of those against the other 
And, you know, that's why when the PAC 12 says, Hey, we have this many people who study diseases saying this is what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. I'm willing to throw some trust at them. And I understand why some people wouldn't, but I think that the overarching point on this topic that I want to make is that if there was a PAC 12 players union, they would have had a voice in all of this. They would have had a chance to say, we feel safer playing. We feel safer on campus. We feel safer here. And who knows what that is worth in the grand scheme of things compared to the voice of everybody else. But that is the one knock that you have, not only against the PAC 12, but every conference when they're coming to these decisions is that they aren't getting all the information they can have because they aren't including student athletes as much as they should in these conversations. Um, what was the last thing you said? Do you remember? Um, Duh, it was a good one. It was something I had thoughts about. What was it? Uh, the, the, the partying? I don't know. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that, <laughs> uh, yeah, you said something else that I wanted to get into that was good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at there. Um, you know what, let's hammer out a few more of the like details of things we know. So, um, we should say they are trying to put together a spring season. That's tough for a bunch of reasons, including playing. I mean, if that's a 10 game season and they're planning to have a full 12 game season, all of a sudden that's 22 games in a uh, calendar year. If they're doing the spring season and the fall season, if they cut that back to like eight and 12, then, I mean, you can do the math for yourself, but that is a very real concern. And that's something that's being discussed. Um, but it is on the table, and we're hoping that they can make that work. Um, also, scholarships will be honored. Um, everybody's going to be just fine there, so don't worry about kids losing their scholarships. Also, um, they're working on pushing the NCAA to provide eligibility for players who are missing their season. So say they aren't able to redo the football season, you get Katie Nixon and Nate Land and Mustafa Johnson, all these other seniors back for the 2021 fall season. That isn't a decision that's up to the Pac-12. That's up to the NCAA. I would guess that the NCAA would uh, let that happen. But, you know, they're the literal devil, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? Before we move along, let's, uh, let's talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Let's get this not out of the way because we love it. But Breckenridge Brewery is an incredible company, and I had way too many strawberry skies last night. Uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I was having fun watching the Nuggets and Rockies at the DNVR bar, but also because I knew that today was coming and that put me in a dark place. So thank you, Strawberry Sky, and thank you, Breckenridge <laughs> Brewery, for coming up with the idea to put a, just a light strawberry aftertaste in a nice, crisp coal shale. Good stuff. Is that coal shale is right? Yeah. Or are those just two different things? Okay, just want to double check. Uh, ben, what, what have you been drinking? Always strawberry sky. You know, quite frankly, on the college budget, it's it's hard pressed for me to not say that there's a pack of Natty Light in the fridge. But whenever <laughs> That's I'm for able, the guests. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whenever when you have people over, fridge, you hide the good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, you just put it right in the back of the fridge. You know, but you really also can't go wrong with that fifteen can sampler because of mm. you know, you never know what kind of mood you're gonna be in. Maybe a night demands a strawberry sky, maybe it demands two or three. But at the same time, you know, you might need an avalanche ale if you're rooting for the abs coming up. They got a big series now. Very true. You know, maybe a mile high city, get a pack of that for the, uh, the playoff push. Once everything is finalized there, that's the great part about Breckenridge Brewery is they've got so many options to fit every single kind of occasion. They do. They do. It's such good stuff. And um, 
let's see, I'm not sure how to show you this, but when I was at the DMVR bar earlier today for a meeting, not to drink a bunch of beers, I realized that I have uh, some issues with my elbow. I'm not sure if you can see this. Yeah, I can. (laughs) I think I am actually getting blisters on my elbows from sitting at the bar. (laughs) That's a, that's a legitimate problem that I'm having in my life right now is my elbows hurt really bad and there's no skin on them because I've been pushing so hard on the bar because I'm so stressed watching sports and I was like pound them and stuff. And because there's really, there's no other explanation for what is happening to my elbows. Like just pieces of my elbows are gone. And I feel like I should know why, you know, like that's not a thing that should be a surprise. How many strawberry skies did you have last night? (laughs) Not enough, not enough to forget anything that would happen. And that's what matters in this conversation. But yeah, just uh, uh, what, those are some stressful games. I will add that. Um, So yeah, Check out the uh, Breckenridge beers. You can do that. Davidson's Beer, Wanted Spirits. You can do that. The DMVR bar. You can do that. All sorts of different places. But you can find those exact places using the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. Also, got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, they've been taking my money recently. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was on a bit of a heater, but these last couple days, I'm cooling off. Uh, I actually have the... Uh, uh, who's, who is this? Uh, it's not the Maple Leafs. It's the team that has the exact same uniform as the Maple Leafs. Uh, oh, the Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that's who I have just a couple bucks on, and they're headed to overtime right now. So it's good to get that rush back. That rush has been uh, most of my feelings as I've tried to like distance myself emotionally from uh, what is happening to the Pac-12. Like I've just allowed myself to experience the the fun of betting uh, through our friends at DraftKings because there is so much going on. Like I said, although there will be no Pac-12 sports, there is the NHL playoffs starting. The, the Avalanche play their first uh, actual playoff game tomorrow, Wednesday. There's a watch party at the NVR bar. Quick shout out to that. You should be checking for those because those are a lot of fun. Uh, the goal shots are incredible and the Avs score a lot of goals. So the day becomes incredible as well. Um, the Nuggets obviously starting the playoffs here soon. They're playing the seeding games. Um, and you know, there's UFC, there's golf, there's all that stuff going on. So you should download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up because for a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this week's main event. That is correct. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $252 when place where when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight using code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only other terms and conditions and restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right uh since we talked about DraftKings let's talk about money um Let's start here. So uh, in May, the uh, or ESPN reached out to the director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis, and he basically said that the average Power 5 school would lose $65 million, $62 million maybe it was, uh, if there was no football season, and that was kind of him lowballing it. He said at least the average is going to be $62 million. Um, we also know that the Pac-12 has secured a loan for all of its member schools worth $83 million per school with a 3.75% interest rate and a 10-year term. Um, so, you know, they can 
pay obviously like the, the point of the loan very obviously is to just pay off what happens this year over the course of the next 10 years. Um, Ben, as somebody who just completed a, uh, what's that called? The sports business thing you just business completed? Business sports certificate up at CU. Highly recommend for anyone interested. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's perfect. It's yeah, sh- shameless plug. It's, Give us some money. Such, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such. I don't, I don't cash in on those commissions. So okay, um, we'll, we'll work on so that for you. To, <laughs> to look at you know, what the financial and economic implications are going to be. Obviously, I think yesterday you touched on the average losses that are going to be for these sports programs. So if there is not a spring season, which again has, it opens a whole new can of worms of issues and concerns of how you can Mm -hmm. feasibly play that. There's just, that money's got to come from somewhere. And it's either, you know, you, you make dramatic cuts, which Again, I think it's interesting that Colorado has been on the forefront of taking pay cuts and whatnot, and yet there's a certain commissioner that's still one of the highest paid in the country mm-hmm. hasn't really touched on any of that. And so I think that that's interesting. But, you know, to be a D1 school, you have to maintain a certain amount of athletic programs as well. So it's not like yep. Colorado can cut those kind of corners and say, well, we're just going to cut a bunch of you know, these revenue losing sports for a while and just stick to football and men's and women's basketball for now. Mm-hmm. They can't to be a D1 sport. You have to have at least seven of men's and women's or at least six men and eight women's programs to maintain that status. So already there's going to be financial implications there. There's also, you know, potential financial implications when the pro- if the product on the field lessens because of issues with recruiting and, you know, recruiting could be its whole other side topic, but I saw a lot of noise this morning about big 10. They're losing recruits. There's uh, there was one quote, uh, a guy decommitted from Ohio state because he said he wanted to go to a program that quote valued football or something along those lines. So I think, you know, that could be interesting to see moving mm-hmm. forward, how that implicates PAC 12 recruiting, obviously like, you know, the USC's the organs of the world still are going to try and find success, but, for a lower tier program like Colorado is right now, there are a lot of things in the air and it's just hard to be positive about the future of the entire athletic department when there are so many question marks. How are these bills going to be paid? Where are these cuts going to come from? Because even if you take that loan, you got to pay it back and that's got to come from somewhere. Now, perhaps a new television deal would provide a boost, whether or not they abandon the Pac-12 network and do you know, something better like the SEC and the Big Ten have done. But again, it's just so much ambiguity that they don't know the answers to. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't think they should know the answers to at this point. I mean, it's August 11, and this decision just was made today. But, you know, for the for Rick George in particular, I, I that is one person that I do not envy being in his shoes today because of the amount of questions he's going to have to field you know, it went in a week of how many fans are we going to be able to have in the stadium to how many jobs can I keep? You know, who, who am I going to have to let go? So it, that's the harsh reality that people I, I don't think are, are going to be thinking about as much. They're like, well, I want to watch football right now. And that's great. But I think people should also recognize there are going to be tremendous losses of income in a lot of households mm-hmm. across the country from this too. Yep. Yep. And uh, it sucks. Uh, I, I should add that I believe tomorrow at 11 a.m. 
Uh, I'm double checking right now. Yeah. So tomorrow at 11 a.m., uh, Rick George is going to have a Zoom media conference. Um, I will, of course, be there. And as soon as it's over, as we've been doing, I will share some of the big takeaways, some of my thoughts on kind of the key points, and then just play the audio of the whole thing. So you guys can listen to Rick George for yourself. So stay tuned to that uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, that'll be up sometime in the afternoon. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he is in a tough spot. And you know, I've, I've talked to people who work in the athletics department about this kind of stuff. And people who've said, you know, when I've asked, do you think that there is going to be a season? The response I've, I've gotten occasionally has been, I have to think that there's a spring season. Otherwise, or uh, there's going to be a football season. Otherwise, I won't have a job. And that is the reality. And again, that is the reality of most of the country right now is that people everywhere are losing their jobs. You know, I'm lucky in that I feel very secure in my position, but a lot of people in similar positions to mine will be out of their jobs with no college football being played. Um, It sucks. It sucks. And, you know, there's no way of telling for sure if this could have been avoided. But again, it's just looking back at, those first like four weeks what if we'd all just said okay april we're all just staying inside and then you come out of that and see what's going on and there's just no way of knowing what the difference would be and i think honestly to me that just makes it worse but you know we are seeing the economic impacts all over and now it's going to hit hard here um i did remember what you were talking about earlier that kind of caught my ear and i forgot and now i'm forgetting again my goodness this is this is awful. It's been a long oh, day. It's been <laughs> such a long day. It has been a legitimately professionally one of the worst days of my life professionally. Like in terms of just work days, like this has just been slowly watching my heart get ripped out. Like I woke up in the morning and turned on Twitter notifications for like three more college football reporters, uh, John Wilner, the PAC 12 guy. He finally got the notifications turned on. It's like, okay, sit here, yep. wait for the tweet, wait for him to say it's over. Watch ESPN, hear them all talk about how this is ending. Just feel your dreams die. But uh, wow. I really do wish I remember what you had said. Cause it was so good. Well, back into whatever else. God, I it was so insightful. <laughs> I know. I know. And then uh, it'll come it's back. It's going to be another one of those pods where we finish it up and then we'll be like, all right, thanks guys. Take care. And then two seconds later, you'll just be like, Hey guys, Henry jumping back in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Another one of those. Yeah. That, that keeps happening to me. Ah, okay. Well, what else is there to talk about here? Um, if you have anything, feel free to jump in because I lost my transition. But uh, let's look through here. Um, the the heart stuff, I think, is really interesting. And that's something I kind of wanted to dig into because that was one of the big issues that players was pushing for was to get out of the uh, liability waivers that they'd signed for their universities. Um, basically saying you can or we waive your we waive our right to sue you if we get sick because of what's going on um you know one of the things that i'm not sure about would be whether there could be a very real legal case for student athletes who sign those waivers um should something go wrong to have those waivers voided by a court by saying 
we were told we were not allowed to have representation. You know, we aren't allowed to have attorneys act on our behalf or uh, our agents is the, you know, the common word for it in sports to read through this stuff and tell us what we were signing. We, we saw the PAC 12 players when they got together and made their list of demands, that was very high on their list. Same thing with the big 10, uh, same thing with the mountain West conference when they, their players did something similar and part of the reason why, and this is something we've talked about, is that things are, you know, we don't know what to expect from the this virus or people who had this virus down the road, whether that's, you know, three or four months out, now that we're getting people who are at that point and we're starting to find that maybe your immunity goes away. You, you're immune to the virus after you get it for about three or four months, but then after that, you can get it again. That seems to be something that researchers are starting to say, like, hey, there's some legs for this to stand on but then also the heart stuff is kind of the big thing here which can lead to you know just dying you know your heart not working anymore which is a problem and it's it's just one of these things that pops up that you start to realize because somebody says hey look this guy has a heart thing i wonder if that's happening to other people too and so they start to kind of reach out and they're like oh wow maybe with all these covid patients we should have been doing some sort of heart scan and if we had been doing some sort of heart scan, we may have, may have found that this is the correlation or that this percentage of people do, do have it. And again, going back to the ESPN story, they said there were 10 players in college football. I think that there was an anonymous source who's a team doctor who said, uh, that's what we found. There have been 10 so far. But again, most of these guys haven't had the chest scan. This is permanent stuff, and we don't know what else could pop up. And so if the schools are liable for this because either they agree to the player's demand to like get rid of the liability waivers or because a court is willing to say, you know what, because you were, I mean, I don't even know what you call that. Like it wouldn't be like blackmail. It wouldn't be like coercion, but there's, I think that there is something where you have to have like a chance to get legal representation, but I, I don't know. I don't know how that would play out. And that's not the point. The point is, Schools could be on the hook for a lot of money, especially if it's a, you know a, a Trevor Lawrence. If if a player die or if anybody dies and you're found liable, typically the the person who's found liable or the entity that's found liable has to pay out the you know the future earnings, and that's one of the things that's calculated in. That could be tens of millions of dollars uh, for a guy like Trevor Lawrence if something were to happen to him. And again, it's not just about the heart thing. It's about the fact that this has popped up and become an issue in the last two or three days. So who knows what's going to happen a week from now. And if you know that this is a problem, can you really keep team activities going in good conscience? You know, be happy with that. Um, so those are a bunch of my <laughs> thoughts on that. That was kind of just another little mini rant thing. It brings up a lot of good points. And it's, again, you know, drawing these distinction between college and pro athletes because – and, and honestly, that could be a reason why colleges decided to shut it down because if you allow for this opt-in, opt-out stuff, I mean, look at like the NFL and the, all of the major sports did that. Well, if you give that opportunity for student to student-athletes, does that up their, you know, kind of credibility as far as being an athlete more than a student, you know? But mm -hmm. I think liability with that, which is obviously a huge question and a huge concern, and yes, I, I see the argument that, you know, well, obviously it's more likely to get spread on a football field than in a classroom. But I mean, if liability at all is the question, I have no idea why any university would be entertaining the concept of having in-person classes. 
And yeah, that, and that goes yeah. into my own conjecture about, quite frankly, I've said quite frankly so many times this podcast. It's been a long day. <laughs> You've been pretty guys. frank, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since Kyle Kuzma hit that turnaround three, it's just uh, downhill. Uh, don't even so, talk about that. I can't get beat by Kyle Kuzma this week. With everything else going on, it's like if LeBron wants to make that game-winning three like over whoever, sure. Yeah, go ahead. That is fine. AD, you can live with it. I'm not getting beat by Kyle Kuzma on a dumbass three-pointer to lose that game that, oh, on top of everything else. My goodness. Uh, yeah. I just can't no, do it. No, we could have a whole podcast on how Lakers fans don't understand that the Nuggets had their entire bench in the fourth quarter, but that's uh, besides the point. Lakers fans um, just go home. Yeah. You're not, your kind is not welcome. <laughs> right. It's, it's going back to, you know, what are these universities doing? They can't survive without these full tuition rates again. So is it a situation where mm-hmm. they pull the plug and they say, okay, never mind, we're going to be all in person. Is it going to come, you know, after that withdrawal date? I have my own beliefs about that, which again mm-hmm. are all conjectured. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think that it's just, it's a weird argument with liability because it's not universal between sports and education. Mm-hmm. And and yep. that's the thing, that's the only, my biggest pet peeve when people make arguments or whatever, or when you have just holes in your logic and, and hypocrisy. Like you can have your own beliefs and then we can have a lively discussion because you and I are respectable individuals and yeah. we're not going to just turn around and start yelling at each other. But there's just that disconnect I don't understand how they can say, well, we're not going to have sports because there could be possible transmission, but we're still okay offering a, dis, a, a lower grade product at the same exact price. Like the ethical consideration there is just a drop off. And again, that is a completely different discussion, but it's just fascinating because the ones that made this vote to postpone the season weren't the people in charge of sports. They're the people in charge of everything. So if they wanted a universal decision to have it, no possible ways of transmission on our campus, we're going to move everything remote until there's a vaccine that's fine. But just the picking and choosing of it is, I, it's just fascinating to see kind of, you know, where everybody's heads are at with it. Again, yeah. I don't know if there was a real point in that. <laughs> I just think it's an, another thing. This entire podcast, I think, is just all about throwing a bunch of topics and ideas at the wall. And then people, yeah. I guess, <laughs> choose what they find fascinating. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the school stuff, I, 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 that is a very good point. Like, how do you say this is dangerous, playing football is dangerous, but going to class is not. And I I think this was before the podcast that I said, like, I really do think a lot of these schools are going to go online only and say, like, we aren't going to have anybody here. And at that point, you're like, okay, it all does line up. Right. But, you know, at at this point, before they've said that stuff, it is kind of uh, this that there I do think there is a place you can draw the line where you say you know what this is a school we're focusing on education we can take this risk for education we can't take it for sports and so we're drawing this line right here I wouldn't agree with that but I think that that would have to be their argument right to to do things this way um but like I said I, I think a month from now there's a good chance that all these schools are going online anyway or at least most of them and so you're this argument is not worth the time at this point. And we can, you know, on this podcast, we're going to need something to talk about and whether it's hypocritical for them to have classes in person, um, 
and not play sports, we, I am more than willing to have that debate when the time comes because we're going to need something to talk about. Well, so, so I'm kind of curious then, you know, why, why, why was the decision made today? Why on mm-hmm. August 11th was that decision made when, you know, that first game, the Pac-12 had the most flexibility out of any other yep. Power 5 school because week one wasn't until that September 26th date. Yep. So, you know, I, I, that's another point, too, is, is why not wait a little bit longer? Why not try and hold out a little bit more hope for the sake of salvaging what you can? Yeah, and that was the point you made earlier that I wanted to talk about twice and forgot. So I'm glad you brought that up because, again, that is another thing that we just don't know. You know, if I were to take the guess, I'd go back to this, like, heart thing where we just found out that is a very bad thing that can happen to somebody. And by ending things today, you're ending things today. You're not saying, well, uh, fall camp is supposed to start on Monday. So we're going to fall camp or we're going contact and doing all the things that fall camp entails. We're cutting things off before we get to that point because the world is not in good enough place to be able to do that in good conscience. Um, and, and I think that that'd be the argument. Again, you're just assuming what they're talking about behind closed doors, which is never, I mean, it typically, you know, I'll be honest, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I say they have the disease people in there. They say it's time to call it call it sure it it does seem like all the way through college football didn't make much sense there wasn't a chance to make it work oh and jumping back to another thing you said that i wanted to dig into like the opt-in opt-out like giving that option the difference between college football and pro sports in my mind is the way the bubble works because it's i think it's worth noting and this is another thing i wrote today that the bubble works both ways you know you look at what the nba is doing not only are they you know, monitoring it so people aren't spreading it inside. But if somebody did get it inside, they're quarantined in their room for two weeks. They aren't leaving the bubble and spreading it to other people. Whereas with college football, if one of them gets it because they're playing, they're going to class. They're interacting with whoever they're interacting with. And you're not only like not having the bubble to keep things out, you're also not having the bubble to keep the disease in if football does lead to the spread of this virus, which would make sense because there is a lot of breathing on each other in football, even though that's not something we like, if you were to say, what are the three things that happen a lot in football? There's no way in hell. I would have said you breathe on each other a lot, but you do. It's just a thing that happens. You line up in the trenches you have the center breathing on the nose guard, you know, press coverage outside. You got those who breathe on each other. Every time somebody gets tackled, there's a pile of breath. Like, I don't know. What do you have to say? Well, I see that point. I, I understand, and the bubble works. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. The bubble works, and that, that's great. But universities, and I can't speak across the entire country, but universities have safeguards in place that are supposed to limit that from a student body's perspective. See, you just released today, for any day that you want to be on campus, you have to fill out a health form regarding your activities and your temperature, stuff like that. On top of that, for freshmen that are moving into the dorms, you have to be submitting a negative COVID test within several days that you actually move in, and you have to prove that you haven't traveled or anything like that. So that is an area where I think they could have gotten creative with it. And I think, like ultimately speaking, this drives home the, the point that I think is the underlying factor. They were not prepared. They, as a conference, did not, and that this goes, you know, for the Big Ten as well, clearly, because they shut down as well. They were not ready for it because if you if you would have started thinking about this kind of stuff 
you could have come up with more safeguards to make it more feasible. And obviously it's tough to have that outlook in March or April, but as other major leagues started to come together and that's why, you know, you point to the MLB and you're like, how is the MLB screwing this up when, you know, the NBA has executed it to perfection. And so is the NHL and, you know, MLS, which I don't think a whole lot of people watch, but theirs worked flawlessly as well, or I guess as flawlessly as I know yeah, I'm not yeah. a big soccer guy, but yeah, there were some struggles early on, but mostly got worked out. NWSL perfect. Right. So, you know, th- there could have been ways if they had just been more proactive about it. And again, hindsight is 2020 in this year yeah. <laughs> it would have been great to say that, like, hey, you, y'all need to know, you know, there's heart conditions that you need to prepare for and stuff, but it just feels like this was tremendously rushed. So if I were to go back after having this entire conversation, going through all the topics we had, and you ask me again, you know, what are you feeling right now? I would say kind of frustration with the lack of planning and leadership, mm-hmm. because if they would have, you know, come together and said, here was everything that we planned for, and ultimately all of them weren't feasible. Mm-hmm. And they tried to do that today. The problem is I just didn't believe it because it just yeah. didn't – it felt half-hearted. Because Larry Scott touched on it. He said, well, we talked about an eight-game schedule starting in October, and, you know, we just – we couldn't rationalize it. And I just thought that was a half-hearted answer because October and August, that's a, a long time. I mean, think about where we came from from just May to July. So many strides were taken, and that's why the bubble became a thing in that period from May to July. So I just kind of felt half-assed of an answer, and I just wish that they would have expressed more. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And again, this may not be like a good trait that I have, but I am a person who tends to just say like, you say you thought it through, you guys have the brains, like, sure. And so I am willing to say, like, you know, to me, if, if they're going to tell me there was no way to make college football work, as I've said before, that's kind of what I saw, too. Like, that you would have to put them in a bubble. That you would have to be testing inside a bubble every day. That you probably wouldn't be able to let them go to class. That you'd have to do all these things that you just... It's, I don't think you can do in college football in the way you can in pro sports. Um, or maybe you even could in college basketball, you could justify, uh, you know, the fewer tests that cost goes down. Um, the, uh, again, telling them you have to take all your classes online. If other classes aren't online, if you're calling them student athletes, I think that that is something you just can't do, but I mean, you could have the conversations. I I would say that that point too, that's when that opt-in conversation happened is like, look, that, that, and that's where the planning and timing is important because if they would have had a better an outline of, okay, here's what's going to happen. If you are a student athlete, you are going to be monitored heavily and you know you have all of your classes are going to be online for the fall semester because you're opting in to play. And if you don't want to, your eligibility and scholarship remain. You don't have to lose any of that, but you're just not going to be able to play. You're not going to be able to stay and practice in the team facilities or work out in the team facilities. And I, I, I'd be curious to see, because I don't know enough about the NFL's protocol, but the NFL is so unique because also they're not like the other sports because there's such a long turnaround time. And I'd be curious if there would be a way that you could transition things like that. And again, you're not going to know because the NFL season is going to start and the Pac-12s is canceled. 
But the other side of that coin is, and again, hitting on that term hindsight, if the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC, they stick it out and they actually execute it well, the Pac-12 brass are going to look really bad because it's going to just look like they really didn't try. Now, obviously, the alternative is true. If the other conferences try it and it fails miserably, then the Pac-12 is looking great, and you know, and that's going to be great. And I'm not going to root for one or the other because they both have kind of bad outcomes for it. You know, I want everyone to be healthy, and I want everything to succeed. But mm-hmm. it's just so fascinating because we can't have a thorough conversation about it today because we just don't know enough. That conversation comes after – everything is done. And after we have determinations on the spring season too, and, and all this stuff, it is just a tough day. It's a dark day because it's so cloudy and nobody knows what's going on. Yep. It sucks. That's uh, (laughs) a back to it. That's the moral. That's about it. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't think I have any more thoughts. I'm emotionally and physically drained. (laughs) I know. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this together and post this and then i'm gonna clean up the story and fill in all the empty spots you know throw in like the pac-12 announced tuesday that they this and you know get all the facts in there because everything else is written and the analysis is written i'm gonna hit publish on that and i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna watch some hockey for the next six hours and hopefully just sleep for most of it because the world is bad right now the world is bad right now and uh if you need something to look forward to then, tomorrow, <laughs> Avs are coming back. The Nuggets are uh, playing. Yes, they are. Seven Mountain Time on ESPN. And that, that altitude deal means that we can all watch it. That's so, right. Th- there That's are right. – if this just means that your focus just has to be back on pro sports, the good news is, is we've got all the coverage anyway. So you don't really have to go anywhere. And yep. it's a great time to just jump in. I was not, I'm not a big hockey guy. But I'm going to start tuning in tomorrow because there's nothing else going on. So That's right. Are you going to be at the DMVR bar tomorrow to watch? I have to drive up to Steamboat because okay. – Okay, because you're old, rich. Not steamboat. even remote. You, you and RK <laughs> neighbors up there with your Steamboat oh, I houses wish. and your boats. and I, I don't even know what people do up there. I, I don't I, either. Need you forget, I come from a small town in Ohio. (laughs) I'm going up to Steamboat because a pretty girl needs a ride back to Boulder. Ooh, ooh, (laughs) wow. Does she have a pretty friend? (laughs) Yes. Really? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have all that much success with the college girls when I was in college, but maybe now's my time. Maybe now that that I'm out. You're distinguished. You have a beard and you have a salary. That's something Uh, that so many college kids cannot offer. (laughs) Very true. A beard and a salary. Uh, Plus, I probably don't have coronavirus. I haven't gotten tested, but like I'm asymptomatic at worst. So probably probably is the best anyone can hope for these days. So I know. know. Well, you get those girls some coronavirus tests and get back to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll bring him down to the DNVR bar tomorrow then. Mm. <laughs> Allie, Allie was telling me yesterday, I need to be bringing dates there. I was like, yeah, that's not the tough part. Like, sure, yeah, if I can get a date, yes, we will be coming here. That's where uh, yes, I get an employee discount. getting like, me, yes, yeah. Like, that's, that's not the help I need, Allie. I don't need <laughs> date advice. I, <laughs> I need, like, whatever comes before that. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I need game. 
Like I need, I don't need, I, I don't talk to women in my life. Like that's just not a thing that happens. Like I was saying, I am either at my house or I'm at the DNVR bar and you know, we are inclusive of all sports fans and we have some great women sports fans. Most of the women there are there on dates or there with their boyfriends and it's just not an option. And those are the two places I go. Again, it's a pandemic. That's the way it's supposed to be. But see, well, maybe now even, this, huh. even dating apps, they're just, I mean, I, I can't tell you the amount of times I've downloaded Tinder and then just deleted it. Cause I'm like, well, this isn't worth it. And then I get bored and redownload it. And <laughs> yeah. My, my Tinder game has turned into just putting like weird stuff in my bio and seeing if anybody like identifies with it i think i think my opening line right now is like i eat lucky charms every morning for breakfast just like yeah what what is a what does a girl think of that because i need honest feedback is that something i, mean, I need to change about myself no you know what i mean tinder's a great place for that market research you try out those market lines research that's what i'm yes. doing yeah exactly <laughs> see what works and what doesn't that way when the world opens back up again you have just locked and loaded your lines that are that are proven. I mean, you're getting high success rates on those. That's, that's all anybody needs. But hopefully that won't matter. Maybe, you know, Steamboat Girls or <laughs> get them yes. down to the bar tomorrow. And yes. We'll go from there. Okay. So much content. That's what we're going to do. We're going to figure out how you can uh, get those girls some COVID tests so I can responsibly. This sounds like, <laughs> this sounds like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I think that a, it's a slippery slope going pyramid scheme in terms of me talking to girls. I think that gets ugly real fast. But, you know, got to start somewhere. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I think that's it for today. It's, it's, it's been bad. I don't even know what to tell people to jump to when we tweet this out. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, uh, sports are dead. I am unhappy. You are unhappy. Well, you're not unhappy. You have those girls. I uh, will be at the DMVR bar learning to love other sports. If anybody wants to join me, there's RSVPs for all the watch parties. Um, again, it's, it has been really great social distancing. Um, I promise you I'm paying attention to that. I get nervous easily. High anxiety over here. We have like the 50-person limit. We have the skip a table. That's very well done. And uh, I've been pretty proud of our efforts. So if you are as you should be trying to not get the virus we can uh we can make that work well sorry i'm watching hockey at the same time i gotta stop that <laughs> but yeah it's it's really, um, it's really a great time you hit it you hit it out of the park with that we do it best you know we combine giving you that great atmosphere with also making it safe and inviting so you know although it's not the same way that the dnvr family would celebrate as normally we're still going to figure out a way to do it yeah. well and hopefully with a win. So That bar should have no chairs in it. It should be packed with 350 people. Everything is standing only. You get tables to set your food on and everybody's screaming and yelling and high-fiving and hugging each other. And like, you know, you're so excited. You kiss each other on the mouth. That's what's going to be happening as soon as this virus is gone. We're going to be sharing beers. We're going to be like, using one shot glass for all of our goal shots, even though that's even less convenient than what we already do, just to prove a point that we are past this coronavirus and that day is coming. But until, but until then, then yeah, we'll do we it. Socially distance. And we still are very loud and excited and it's a lot of fun. So if you guys need to fill your buff shaped hole in your heart, come fill half of it with strawberry sky and the other half with the other Denver sports and we'll get through it all together. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Thank you as always. Ben for coming on we're gonna do this again soon because uh I don't want to be alone um it's a <laughs> tough time 
it's, all, it's always fun to come on, and I'm looking forward to the next time. Oh, there will be plenty of next times, and I'm looking forward to it.